Hey guys, it's Pete. Just wanted to let you know that my second book, Frankenstein's Soul's Echo, is now available. It continues the adventure from Frankenstein to Life Beyond, which is a direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic novel. Both Frankenstein Life Beyond and Frankenstein's Soul's Echo are available as ebooks on Amazon, High Bookstore, Barnes & Noble, The Bow, and of course from EnceladusLiterary.com. Thanks, now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. <laughs> we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. So, this all seems horrible. With your host, Pete. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. And Greg. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. And it's time for a superhero bath. A superhero you're, bath. You're saying it's a super time? It is a super time for superheroes. What do you say? <laughs> so what the what what the hell are we talking about here? We're talking I about super. Know. We talk about superheroes all the time, all the time. Well, then we're gonna talk about them again. Damn it! But this time they're January gonna be right. and nobody's talking about them. Well, this time they're gonna be right. They're hmm. gonna be correct. They're gonna be hey. You guys like superheroes? Sure. You guys that already ever read any comic books? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna You're make the movie perfect. <laughs> we are just like a Schumacher Burton no, ready to say, roll. Yeah, we're burtoning this thing together, folks. <laughs> Have you read it? No. No. Are you gonna sit down and read it? No. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably see a picture or two, and then it's time to write it. And what are we writing? All of them. All of them. Well, I don't That's know. This job. this started with you and the Incredible Hulk is the idea, and now we're here. Yeah. Well, yay for me and ideas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's better than doing another box office year, which will be coming soon. Oh, uh, is that a promise or a threat? I dare you to look at 2002 and not be enamored. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very strange year for the bad cgi it was 14 years ago <laughs> a young man named george bush was taking the world by storm with his presidency <laughs> so we live in a world now with endless amounts of superheroes on oh, film and coming. television well, i guess we keep talking about them yes and I, I guess the thought we're going to do here is, here's what a superhero is. Here's the name. Here's the basic thing we know about him in pop culture. Mm -hmm. What is the best version that we know without reading any comic book stories? I mean, we can't, I can't. We're, we're uh, making this for the most <laughs> pedestrian audience we can possibly design, apparently. Yeah, I want no one that I listen to to listen to this and and say, wait, that's, that didn't happen that's in comic book run. From, the, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee didn't write it that way. Yeah, I, okay. See, I know the people's names and I know a bunch of people who talk about runs and it, Captain America, it's Civil War. There was a Civil War run. Great. I almost bought it on Comixology to read the Civil War run until I realized 
realized it was like 110 issues long. I'm like, F that. I'm, <laughs> I'll see the oh, I'll see the movie. I'm in and out in two hours. What uh, do you you're, mean? You're you're getting the Wikipedia version. <laughs> How exactly. many pages is this? All right. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess we're going at this saying, all right, there's a character of Batman. What is the best possible version on screen that you could imagine? Not well, we got to take this from Dark Knight Returns and this from The Long Halloween and this is Neil Adams' run from the early 70s. No. What's the best version of here's the character of Batman? Don't ignore everything that's come before it, but don't be a slave to everything that's come before it. What's the best version of that character on screen? I guess that's what we're we're aiming for here. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to start with a question then because uh, I think uh, you, yeah. <laughs> now we're in trouble. I think what you just raised actually begs it. Has there been an adaptation of a comic book property that we collectively can think of that has adhered to what you just said? Where it's just simply the best version of it, Mm -hmm. ignoring the comic books? Yep. See, there's lots of people who say, oh, yeah, they ignored that. Oh, this is a piece of shit because they ignored that piece <laughs> of the comic. going to talk about those Captain America movies from the 70s. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yes, with the bike, with the motorcycle helmet. <laughs> those are... Those are Driving cold. up and down the California coast in the van. <laughs> are we, we going to talk about The this? Red Brown, yes. <laughs> Nothing beats Red Brown. God, no. I, I guess it's just... Here's the character. Here's what we know about the character. What's the best version in our mind's eye of that character, ignoring what other writers have done? I, I guess what what we're saying is is we're almost like new comic book writers. Ooh, like, that's exciting. Like doing a new run in a comic book because that's basically what they do is, uh, you know, uh, right now the guys running Batman are Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, the writer and the artist. They probably read all of the comic books in the past, but I guarantee you when DC brought them on, it wasn't, here's this bit from Long Halloween. Can you include that? No, it was more like, what's your new take on it? Mm. So I guess we're thinking, well, let's think of that in movies and TV form. Because so love both the shit out of this. It's exciting and new. Oh. Hello, <laughs> Captain Steubing. Welcome to the superhero boat. There you go. Every movie we just work in, Captain Steubing. <laughs> For no reason. Here's Captain Steubing. Oh, God, these clowns again. Uh, I think that's cool when they put Steubing in these movies, but it's not. It's the superhero boat. <laughs> This week's guest star, Deadpool. Spider-Man's taking a little time off from fighting crime and his angsty, tortured ways. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other characters besides Captain <laughs> Stooping, and I can't think of the bartender's oh, name. Let's see. Here, yeah. uh, Isaac God. is the bartender. One uh, of them was named Gopher. I think Doc. Sure. Julie. Uh, you know Dear more about Lord, the love boat than I, I do. <laughs> Never mind. Let's move uh, on. That's all I got. That's <laughs> all I got. And that's probably just straight up terrible. <laughs> I could remember that much. <laughs> uh, 
well, kids, we only had three channels. Yeah. <laughs> so it's only so uh, much to go around. Back well, apparently the something went in there. Math? No. no. <laughs> Who are the characters on the <laughs> Well, that's just osmosis, kids. I've had, got that. <laughs> we, we, we didn't have the chance to uh, stream Netflix and binge some show that no one's ever heard of, but 15,000 other people were saying it's the greatest show ever. No, no, no. We had three channels, so everybody knew the theme song to Growing Pains. Yeah. yeah, but I couldn't hum it now. But back to superheroes for some reason. Okay. So, all right, you, you started off then. Mm. What's all your right. well, What's they, your problem with the Incredible Hulk? Go, everyone. He has he has a problem with the Incredible Hulk. His what? email address will be included on this episode and his home address. Oh. He hates the Incredible Hulk. What? Go. Stop labeling things. <laughs> The Incredible Hulk is fine. Um, I just think that uh, there's been a lot of discussion, debate, argumentation. Um, it was or is. I don't know if Ant-Man beat it as the lowest of the mainstream Marvel movies for money or not. Uh, that would require actual lookup, mm. which I'm not going to do. Okay, well, it's not, in the, <laughs> it's, not. it's not in the top tier. We can say that much safely when it comes to box office. The Incredible Hulk. Did not get into the top tier. Now the Edward the Edward Norton one is uh, probably at the bottom for money, but uh, you know you keep talking, I'll look it up. Oh, okay, I'll try to fill the void. Anyways, so you know the show was a product of its time of the seventies. It was what it was. It did what it needed to do, um, and was you know quite successful there as far as uh, pulling in ratings and keeping going. Uh, it was beloved enough to get a series of. TV movies, and uh, basically that's where the Hulk resided for quite a while. And then we had Ang Lee's Hulk, uh, which for the life of me, I can't remember what year it came out. Did it come out in 2003. All right. Here's the answer to that question. Okay. The actual Marvel Marvel movies, Mm -hmm. that's the Marvel Studios and then becoming Marvel Disney. The highest grossing is the original Avengers. Six hundred twenty-three million domestic. The lowest is Incredible Hulk, still uh, released by Universal, one hundred thirty-four million. Just above that's the original Captain America at one hundred seventy-six million. So, and, and let's just be clear about something: I would love to make one hundred thirty-four million dollars at some <laughs> point. That would be amazing. <laughs> but considering probably their budget was about one hundred fifty, yeah, well, a- there's there's that problem. <laughs> Well, what you're saying is is that the Incredible Hulk, you think, has not been done correctly on screen. I don't think it's been done in a way that makes it completely accessible or interesting to mass audiences. I think when you look at some of the other comparable Marvel properties and ideas and everything and how they've kind of approached them – uh, for whatever reason, and I mean, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not saying, you know, oh, this thing or that thing about these movies. They just haven't really fully connected with the masses. Um, so uh, to that end, if it was like, hey, you clowns, get over here and write us a Hulk movie. It's like, well, what do we got for the basics here? All right. We got a guy who, you know, gets irradiated and has kind of a Jekyll and Hyde problem and tries his best to either use it for good or uh, 
tries to find himself a cure or um, works to kind of recognize his anger, etc. And that's really, I believe, kind of the heart of the character and the stories that revolve around the character. Was it, Would you say that's fair? It is. So with that limited palette and everything, and we're like just kind of going, eh, about everything else that's ever come before, it's like, well, what could you do with the character in that situation with that basic setup that would be kind of appealing on a mass level? What would make that for an interesting story? What have we not seen maybe uh, from this character? Because I feel like we've gotten the TV show and then you've gotten basically two origin movies, yes? Pretty much. I mean, you got origin in the TV show, then you have origin uh, in Ang Lee's Hulk, and then you have a re... You don't really have an origin in Edward Norton's. You just have opening credits that just kind of montage skim over, here's what happened. And it's all done within the first minute of opening credits, and then you're on to the story. Okay. So they they because they don't want to hitch over the head with it thinking right. all right. But anybody who's seen this movie has seen either Bruce or, or Bill Bixby or Eric Bana go through this. We don't have to do it again. Right. But so why why would a lot of people? I mean, you mentioned Avengers and Hulk is obviously in Avengers. Why did that work? Why did people? Why were people raving about Mark Ruffalo and his performance in the Hulk in that movie? Versus, you know, what we've gotten with some of the standalone efforts. What's because you already mentioned it? Because the Hulk story in and of itself is pretty thin. Mm-hmm. He works better as part of a team or a team up. His individual story has now been told on a large scale three times in pop culture in the last forty years, and to a lesser extent, none of them have really worked. So that's enough. We're done. You don't have to do any sort of hyper individualized story. I don't think it's not I don't think it's necessary. I like the character of the Hulk and I had that nostalgia from childhood. But it was a 70s 80s TV show which we've talked about endlessly. It's nothing but a formula. It's nothing but here's this guy and there's going to be twice an episode that Lou Ferrigno is going to show up in green paint to do something in slow motion and then back and that's it. And then rinse repeat. <laughs> and it was just such a simpler time, but it stuck during pop culture. So, well, we got to make a movie out of it. That didn't work. Well, we got to make another movie out of it. He's not an individual character well, is, is, to carry a whole thing. Okay. I'll put it in another light then, I guess. Um 66 Batman and the series with that, when they were trying to do the original Burton movies and everything, nobody could conceive of any type of, you know, more serious, gothic-y, emotive take on that character because they said, oh, Batman, he's silly. He's got to have his sidekick Robin, yada, yada, yada. But that's different. That is so much different. That's that's a false uh, comparison because you're... You're dealing with two different characters with two different backgrounds. The Batman character has so much going for it. Just, I mean, parents kill, trains himself, rich, go as a butler, trains to go out at night and scare well, why people. Why couldn't and, we make Bruce Banner rich? Why does he have to be a poor scientist? 
Well, if you're just going off of who the character is, otherwise... Uh, but I'm not. <laughs> okay, but see, then then there has to be some ground rules here just sticking with who the character is. Otherwise, you get the 70s Japanese Spider-Man movie uh, where it's, it's an actual so awesome. guy as a spider. And you're like, no, 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 this is not what this is. <laughs> That's, uh, otherwise, you I'd get that. I'd say we had to go hog wild with this. I'm just saying that, you know, uh, why why can't you flesh him out as a as a character more why why is he incapable of growing beyond that original origin i think he can grow but i think you still have to stick within the guidelines of what makes the character the original star so to speak the original bruce banner was just a scientist dude mm-hmm. mild-mannered and got irradiated trying to save someone and it mutated itself because you've had now Ang Lee's attempt was to try and make a scientific reasoning behind why he mutated because his father injected him with something and it just activated. And that's why he's the only one on the planet who survives that. Damn it. Yes, I did inject him. Oh, chips. (laughs) I'm going to electrocute you in the clouds for some reason. (laughs) And then you had the Louis. (laughs) (laughs) Then you had the Louis Leterrier version with Edward Norton where they really didn't deal. Again, they they just glossed over. All right, he tested himself, got irradiated, boom, blew up. What's in his blood? We don't know. It's amazing. It's just happenstance. Well, you kind of get into the let's tell another super soldier serum story, whatnot. Um, Which is how they link it in that movie because that's part of the Marvel Universe is that they have Thunderbolt Ross coming in and saying there's a Super Soldier uh, program back in the 40s. And and it was very comic book-y on screen, too. What was the Super Soldier uh, serum that Thunderbolt pulls out? It's blue. And what's the uh, stuff they use with Bruce Banner? It's green. Well, as long as they color code it like a 60s comic book, we know what's going on. I think it would be neat to see, you know, more of what this A does to somebody, but B, it's like how far would you be willing to go to try to either cure yourself or eradicate that? Now, I know we have cut scenes of him trying to kill himself in the Arctic and things of that nature, but kind of beyond just offing yourself, it's like where would this drive someone? Or if you were really worried about it, you know, spreading or if you had done something with some work and it got into the wrong hands and kept perpetuating and everything along those lines, it's like you turn it more into, I don't know, kind of an espionage, kind of a mystery thing or something along those lines. Um, I think you could do something kind of interesting there. There's always an interesting take you could do. And and again, yeah, if you just dealt that there you're really going to go against what quote unquote is the heart of the story. And you have to make Bruce Banner something a whole lot different than what he usually is or Mm -hmm. what he started out to be. So, I mean, yeah, if you just unleashed it and just said, yeah, he's a a super sleuthy type guy, or I I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's foundering. And I think this is where Marvel is at now is there. Well, we can put him in an Avengers movie, and we can put him in a Thor movie, but we've done that. We've done it twice, and it hasn't worked because the character's just very thin. It's turned into a big green monster, so oh, would you, you have want to have to see him in outer space. 
Well, I mean, that's the thing. And now we fall into the trap of, well, there was a comic book run called Planet Hulk where he was shit off Earth to go to a planet with the gladiators and he <laughs> I fought. I didn't know the people who wrote that talk that way. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. There you go. Yeah, super sweaty nerds. Uh, actually, there was a uh, World War Hulk is what the name of the comic book run was. Thank you. So, I mean, that that's the next logical step if they could, but now you get into the realities of Marvel having rights issues still tied up with Universal as far as the distribution of a solo Hulk movie. So that's why he's really only showing up in other people's movies. Otherwise, you probably would have had like a World War Hulk or a Planet Hulk on the docket by now, but it's just not going to happen anytime soon unless they somehow team up with Universal like they did with Sony. Oh, I could see them teaming up and like throwing him into a Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, yeah, that, that they can throw him into any one of their existing movies they want. Oh, sure. But if they want to do an individual Hulk movie again, they got to get some sort of master deal together with Universal, and then it, it's just goofy. Okay, well, we're stepping aside of the legality of all of this. That's fine. I, I still think, personally, they've already done it. There's not a... I mean, unless you can come up with some way to... But they even did that with the Edward, Edward Norton one, where he's a guy on the run trying to solve the mystery of his blood. Does he have to, to be on the run? Well, because there's somebody who's after him and after his blood. I mean, otherwise, do, what's the... Do we have to have someone after him and after his blood? Well, then what's the what's the antagonist of the of the story okay well i'm saying like maybe he's gone long enough without a freak out or at least a public one or something like that um he's literally gone underground and it's not so much about outrunning the government or you know whoever um it's more it's like i've really uncorked the genie from the bottle so to speak uh with unleashing this knowledge and it's becoming more readily available, and I've got to do something to, you know, kind of take it back or destroy it or whatever. Um, you have the temptation in some way, shape, or form of a cure being waved out there at him, and it's like, well, you could kind of continue this work that you started and you'd be healed, but you've seen where this can go if it goes wrong, and you've got kind of a moral dilemma there and stuff like that. Yeah, again, quite honestly, I think just the the little bits of backstory you can fill in that they did at the beginning of the Avengers is enough. I mean, he's in hiding. He's in India or wherever the hell he was. Yeah, but everybody knew where he was. It wasn't like they had to go hunting for him or anything. It was just like, go get the big guy. Oh, okay. Well, but he thought he was off track. I mean, that, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's where he, I'm saying he's, he's like track, legit but... off the grid. Well, and that's like there's reasons for people to think he's just straight up gone. He's but dead. that's what they're doing. I mean, that's, or he went that's, to outer that, space. I don't know. That's how they ended all Age of Ultron. Is he just oh, yeah. flew off and disabled the tracker, and I don't know where he's at. So, right. they, and they've done that. And then he talked about the deleted scene where he tried to kill himself, and it didn't work. So, I, I think just tangentially dealing with it, those things are enough. I don't think Hulk is a character that can sustain yet another solo movie all by himself. And it, it turns into the same problem of you have somebody that strong and it's the Superman problem. Who the hell is he going to fight? If you're that strong and that indestructible, then you just have to have another big 
indestructible monster to fight or oh, you fight electric man or electric Nick Nolte fight. I don't know. <laughs> but it's there you go. The ultimate kryptonite of his electric Nick Nolte. His electric Nick Nolte. He just keeps showing back up. Hell chip. Is that sounds like Captain Stooping? <laughs> <laughs> Enough with your Captain Stupid. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I think we're at an impasse because I couldn't see spending all the time doing anything outside of what is a comic book run for this guy. Is just doing a World War Hulk or a Planet Hulk. I was gonna say, uh, you know, it worked pretty well with the second Captain America movie where we just had kind of a more limited scope of characters we were familiar with for him to kind of play off of. What if he had just had the Hulk involved with you know, some of the characters we're familiar with or introducing some of the more minor characters like they did with uh the Winter Soldier movie uh, for Hulk and doing something along those lines. But you're still trying to shoehorn in a character that turns into a big green, like Tony Stark says, he turns into a big green rage monster that's different than a normal guy who has the greatest athleticism on the planet and is involved with a government organization. Instead, now you've just got a guy who turns into a big green rage monster. Yeah, but he could have he could have done something that gives him more control for a greater period of time or something like that and they you know, they invent technologies and cures and all kinds of stuff all the time in these types of stories. You could easily put something in there and it's like, well, kind of got a build up. It's like kind of beating the clock so to speak when well, there are bits, and again, somebody who actually read the books would know much more than I, but there's, there's been... Well, I, don't, I haven't read anything. So I haven't read any of it. I can't argue any of this. So. I just know tangentially. Uh, there's times where he is Hulk, and he has Banner's brain. So, mm-hmm. like, he's able to just think, and he wears Homer Simpson glasses in bed, and he's just, you know, he's smart. Now, there is... So he's the creature at the end of Young Frankenstein. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very much so. Yeah. Actually, yeah. But there is another aspect to the Hulk character, which has become much more popular recently, and that is the She-Hulk character. All right. I don't know hardly anything about it outside of she's instantaneously retains her her cognitive functions, her thoughts. She gains the the big strength and stays that way, but she's the same person, basically. Okay. So that's just her form of becoming Captain America almost. She retains the same person. She just gains the physical strength. Uh, But she's, like, you know, super smart, and she's, like, a a lawyer or something. Um, She's really big. Outside of that, I don't really know much about her. I know there's a, a, a name for the character, like the alter ego name, but I couldn't tell you what it was but that's one aspect you could do in the hulk world is bring in she hulk and well are we heading in a direction where we think something like that might be possible possible yes but marvel i in back in the real world i don't see it happening just be at least for maybe another 10 years because marvel disney can't do I mean, they just physically can't do probably more than three movies a year. 
Plus, they're doing at least two to three Netflix shows a year, and they have ABC. Well, I was going to say you could do something more along a Netflix show line and everything. So, where you are there, you're already tapped out, and they've got this whole universe that they keep adding on to and bringing new characters on. And then they want to do sequels like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So, if you've got three slots for movies and let's say two to th- let's say three slots for TV. You got six slots open per year and you want to keep doing an Avengers movie every couple of years where you team up everybody and you do sequels to your popular stuff and you're introducing the new ones. I'd see She-Hulk maybe in like 2023 maybe. My god. Have we done it? Have we found the proverbial comic book movie wall? The wall yeah. <laughs> like they can't do anymore. Right. Well, the flip side of that is everyone always says Marvel needs to get all their properties back underneath their umbrella. And I'd say the argument against that is no. Because if <laughs> you want. That would be the argument against Because <laughs> if, <laughs> if you want as many comic book movies as possible, Disney can't do them. But if Fox holds on to Deadpool and the X-Men universe, they can put a movie out. Or two, like Gambit. They have three coming out this year themselves. Gambit, Deadpool, and X-Men Apocalypse. And then Sony can do a Spider-Man movie. So now all of a sudden, the Marvel logo is going to be in front of what's it, 9, 10, 11 movies a year. And then they've got their Netflix and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So they have pl- Marvel has plenty, plenty to keep them busy. Now, whether they... Ever get around to a She-Hulk again? I think that's like Phase Four, post whatever they do with Avengers of Infinity War coming up soon, where they have all these characters we know. At that point, there's going to have to be re- a reset because mm-hmm. I mean Downey's going to be sixty, Mark Ruffalo is going to be near sixty, Chris Evans is going to be near forty and not want to do it anymore. Chris Hemsworth is not going to want to keep going to the gym every like every three hours of every day just to keep playing Thor forever. So they're going to have to reset at some point. So maybe they do, you know, whoever they cast as Captain Marvel, Black Panther coming up soon. Those, those characters carry over maybe because they're just starting. Yeah. Dr. Strange keeps on. So he, he and Ant-Man, <laughs> the ultimate Stanley, <laughs> that is the <laughs> ultimate Stanley <laughs> character. Ant-Man. <laughs> The ability to shrink down to the size of an ant. Excelsior! And he grows big, too! (laughs) Which, that's what it all comes down to. That's why I think Hulk is so thin. Because this is all shit that Jack Kirby and Stan Lee came up with in the early 60s, where it was just simply, he's a normal guy who grows the size of a monster, and he is angry! Excelsior! Next (laughs) next character. Like, there's not a lot of thought put in until about ten years later when it's, well... Let's put some thought into this and make a character around it. And some of these characters have their basis where they can keep going. Like Batman can reinvent and there's a lot of rich mythology to go into. And Superman, you have an alien mythology and things you can can grow. But things that are as thin as like the Hulk or hell, even Fantastic Four, which again was the early Kirby Lee they're stretchy dude and fireman and they fight monsters. Does Hulk suffer from what we've always said about the Fantastic Four? It's just some properties you can't really 
update or do much with? Well, I don't know. I don't know if I go that far because there are people who are in love with Fantastic Four stuff oh, that sure. think that if they could just go the pulpy route of they were originally it was originally a monster book. They weren't like superheroes. They were they turned into these monsters and fought other monsters and from other dimensions and stuff. And it was a sci-fi book more than it was a superhero book. And it just keeps kind of get shoehorned into put on your tights and spandex and go stop that bus from falling off the bridge working as a team, which it wasn't intended to be. It was a team or a family and stretchy guy and <laughs> rock man and the fireman and invisible woman. So they're, they're just meant to be sci-fi. And if somebody really went that way with it, then sure. But as long as they keep trying to say, Nope, Fox has it. It's going to be in the X-Men universe. Well, you're sticking yourself in the foot and not really going, being able to go anywhere. But something like Incredible Hulk can keep going as long as it's part of the team because it's a good story to start with. But there's not a lot of there there with that, that character that can go much farther. I think. Uh, I don't know. Now I really want a. Uh... Really, when a Hulk movie where he just yells, "Put that man down!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could do a Hulk comedy. You could certainly. Why the hell not? That that's something you could do. Is just turn it into a comedy with a couple yeah. of things here. Like Ant Man was a comedy. They they did not shy away from saying there are superhero bits to this, but it is a comedy. Yeah. Why the hell not do that with Hulk? Why does he have to be so serious all the time? Right. I mean, just have fun with it. He's uh you know just a he's just a normal guy who gets pissed off in traffic and uh, blows <laughs> up at people. Why not? Bruce oh, there, there's a vignette. <laughs> Bruce, what did you do out on the highway? Well uh, uh, and again folks, there seems to be another uh Hulk outburst on twenty two. Maybe avoid the thoroughfare. You uh, might want to avoid the five six hours. <laughs> Uh, northbound on the five has another Hulk out. So you want to go around that and, uh, fantastic four seem to have taken up the 10 and, uh, we, the... we make office space with Hulk as Peter Gibbons. <laughs> well, actually they are doing a DC version of, uh, kind of like an office like sitcom where it's basically made out of people who, uh, have to do all the cleanup after superhero battles and stuff. Oh, there you go. All right. But, so, all right, well, maybe we'll make this a, a part one of a series because we somehow talked for half an hour about The Incredible Hulk, which I yeah, think we do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like part one of a series. I, I, My personal opinion, I think it's been done. And I, I actually liked the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk for well, what it was. Fine. I mean, I, it's not something, it's not one of the ones that I would actively seek out to rewatch i mean if it's on or something like that i'm like no and they did the best they could with the story they had and i think that proves positive yeah it's not the greatest movie don't hate the hulk (laughs) yeah it's just it there's just nothing left to really do as far as what the character is if you're if you're doing what you say which is we have free reign and do whatever then I'm sure you could come up with something. And I, I like the comedy aspect you could potentially do or the, the see the spy mystery thing gets beyond me because I think that's more of, it's in line with the Captain America thing. And that's trying to put a Hulk into a Captain America situation, which 
doesn't. Oh, I don't know if you got to get into like the Hydra shield, yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's, it's just, it's probably, well, no, it's kind of probably a bad comparison. I was going to say it's probably closer to the Wolverine in Japan thing with the, you know, corporate intrigue, yada, yada, yada stuff, but. Possibly. If you said yada, yada, yada one more time, I think we'd win. <laughs> I think that would sell it. <laughs> no soup! So, all right. So we're at an impasse then. <laughs> so what we've solved here is absolutely nothing. The we've Hulk is going to continue. He should always fight Nick Nolte. That's, that's all <laughs> he we've solved. should always fight Electra Nolte. <laughs> Electra Nick. Oh, hell. <laughs> Ah, Hulk. Hulk crush. Hulk get him, you know. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. Peter, who the hell is this guy? Hulk, let me tell you something about Peter. Please get your hand out of my face and stop calling me Hulk. I'm a person, okay? Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Okay, but... Ah!